Well, here we are, episode three. I'm so excited. I am excited. I love the whole new theme, Mind Shift. I love it. It's a, it, just a natural evolution from battle ready to Mind Shift. I think it's a great new new name and a new direction. And it's a new season of life. And new conversations. New conversations. And we are working on getting guests and having guests on here. We've yes. had a few people say yes, but our schedules have been absolutely opposite. Our guests are saying yes, our guests but our are schedules yes. are saying no. <laughs> our schedules are saying no. So and guests then, soon. And you get on a plane tomorrow for London. Well, I wasn't really going to tell people that, but I guess they're going to find out very soon. Okay, Aaron is flying to an undisclosed location somewhere <laughs> in Europe. <laughs> yesterday was my birthday, and tomorrow, I t yesterday was my birthday, and I turned 35. Happy birthday. Thank you. And, you know, I was thinking a lot about my birthday because mm -hmm. it's I've had ups and downs with my birthday. Mm -hmm. Are you a birthday person? I am. You love your birthday. I am a huge birthday person. I love throwing parties for all my friends and Anyone that I can get to celebrate. That's amazing. <laughs> See, I'm, I, you know, I don't mind other people's birthdays. I like other people's birthdays. Mm -hmm. I don't love my birthday. I, know. I had a great birthday yesterday. I really did. Yeah, but some of it is that you, you always felt that you had to earn the right to be celebrated. Hmm. And uh -oh. you, you did not celebrate your birthdays because you felt you didn't deserve it. You didn't earn it. And I kept telling you that you absolutely deserve to have to be celebrated. Well, thank you. It was yeah. good. It was and a I good think, day. I think it's a healthy thing, honestly, mm. to be able to celebrate other people and to allow other people to celebrate you. What it, there is importance there, right? Yeah, there is. So, what do you think it is? Why why is it important to let people celebrate you? Uh, and to make sure that you celebrate others. Well, I think one way of asking is, do you in, do you find value in celebrating your friends? I do. And I, I love, I think I'm one of the first people to always congratulate people when they succeed. And that's why I asked you, because you love celebrating other people. Mm -hmm. You love helping them know that they matter, that they're valued, that you care about them, that you're thinking about them. Hmm. And, but, and doesn't it do something wonderful inside of you when you celebrate your friends? Oh, absolutely. And so to not let your friends celebrate you is actually stealing something from them. Giving them the opportunity to tell you how much you mean to them, how much you're valued, how much you matter to them and so it's not just about receiving that celebration it's about allowing the people who care about you to celebrate you there's something very very special something, something very very special yeah okay oh, beautiful there yeah happy birthday thank you thank you thank you <laughs> we celebrate i want to you <laughs> i want to put up, pull up something that's bittersweet okay uh because we have the best best fans and mm -hmm. I, I mean i don't know if i even called them fans i feel like they're a part of our community yeah and part of our tribe people who've been with us for six or seven years on Battle Ready and now have crossed over with us into the unknown of mm -hmm. Mind Shift. But we have 996 reviews on Apple Podcasts. 996. I want to break 1,000 so bad. I've never reviewed us. <laughs> You've never reviewed us? Never. Lisa, have you reviewed us? No. Austin? She's shaking no. You get on your phone right now and text Chris, your husband, and get him on the phone too. But the four, the four is us. <laughs> I've done it. I've done it. But wait, we we had we had. But have you done it more than once? We had polarizing. We had, no, I have. You can't. You can do it more than once. We we have polarizing reviews. We oh. have one that says, "This is from Jake. Battle Ready was my favorite podcast of all time. I had a moment the other day when I saw that there was going to be rebranding of the pod, but I ultimately loved the move." BR was literally one of a kind, and I expect that Mind Shift will be unique and innovative as well. 
I'm sure I will go back to the classics from time to time, but I'm ready for this next chapter. Thank you, Erwin and Aaron, for having the meaningful and honest conversations that you do. They're truly life-changing. That's bittersweet but beautiful. It is bittersweet and beautiful. Yeah. That, that's a pro. That's, that's a thumbs up. That's a great one. Yeah. <laughs> that's a great one. Mm-hmm. Um, the other one. All right. KP, KP Cook. All right, KP. What did you say you to got us? got two stars. And, it's, and the title of this is Faded. As in, mm. I guess, we're faded. Oh. Used to really love this podcast. Love both of their inputs. But it seems that lately it's just one big advertisement for the dr- different stuff. Mm. So I just want to tell you about our new book that's coming out called Mind Shift. <laughs> I just want to hold this book up and say thank you for writing your review because really you got us to 996. I needed, we need four more. I don't care if they're good or they're bad. Okay. You got to take the hate with the good. It's mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. We don't have advertisers. Mm-hmm. We have our projects. Yeah. I'm not going to apologize. Mm-hmm. Right? Well, it's. I think it's an interesting perspective because um, if – if you're more than a listener, and I'm not even going to use the word fan, but if you're actually gaining value from the podcast, mm-hmm. then you're a person who's going to lean in and want more. So you're not going to see it as advertising new things. You're actually going to see it as being invited into new opportunities. Mm-hmm. Because what we do here, we give it to the world for free. Mm-hmm. And we work really hard to create other opportunities that have much more um value that are deeper and more intensive and um and take people to a place we can't take them on the podcast so when someone says well now it seems like you guys are advertising all this stuff i'm actually hearing it as a compliment oh the reason we're advertising more stuff now is we've worked so hard that we have more to offer you now mm. at first we weren't advertising anything because we had nothing else to offer yeah <laughs> Yeah. And, uh, and so you could you could come to Mosaic, which was for free, and you can come to the podcast, right. which was for free. And but we worked really, really hard to build a processes and build an a world, an ecosystem where you can actually grow. And so So you it, don't want to grow yeah. KP Cook. You don't want to grow. It's okay. Yeah. If you don't want to grow, you can go, but you can always come back. I'm just saying, just fast forward through the opportunities. Yeah. We talk about it for like one or two minutes. Yeah, tops. and then come back and pick up the free stuff. Yeah. And the free stuff, <laughs> the capital letters, free with three E's. Yeah. And that, that, that is exactly why charging is important. Because if you do not create layers of intention and commitment, you're only helping the people who want the surface, not the deep. Mm. And we want to help the people who want to go deep. And we know that there is a divide in terms of what people are willing to sacrifice and invest. Mm. And it's true for me. And uh, by the way, I invest an immense amount of money in building into my own life. Yeah. I mean, I've paid for probably, what, 20 TED conferences. I've paid for Pop Tech. I've paid for Renaissance. I've paid for... Uh, so many different spaces where I could grow and learn and I never thought they were taking advantage of me but giving me an opportunity. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's interesting because now we're in a world where paying for people's time is a normal thing. Yeah. Right? Paying a consultant to consult with us to buying an hour of time. People Mm -hmm. buy your time. Mm -hmm. Right? And so it's a completely different mind shift. It's a completely different way of looking at the world being able to go, can I buy an hour of your time for, I, we were just talking with a friend in Mexico 
who bought someone's time for, I want to say it was $6,000 for an mm. hour, mm. just an hour to sit on Zoom and ask them any question they wanted about their business. And it's pretty crazy to think yeah. that that's what, you know, the world is coming to, where you can actually access people via DMs, yeah. via email or LinkedIn and gain their wisdom, mm -hmm. right? So much of the world that we're in as well, people get for free. And yeah. that, that, that expectation that you would never walk anywhere else and go, how do I get that for free? Or why, how dare you advertise to me? Yeah. Right? Which is fine. It's okay. Which is ironic because I've wanted us to allow paid advertisers for years and you've always said no. No. Yeah. Because <laughs> I want to yeah. do it ourselves. Yeah. But I'm like, you know, if Nike or Adidas or, you know, Apple will pay to sponsor our podcast, like let them pay. Think, I don't think they're going to pay us. That's not the goal. That's not the no. goal. The goal is genuinely to build an ecosystem. Yeah. Right. And engage people at a high level. Yeah. Okay. So I have a quote for you. All right. I was reading Marcus Aurelius and you know, it's my birthday. Okay. So I've been yeah. looking at quotes, getting inspired, mm -hmm. thinking about the next year, really very excited about this trip to London, going for a month, mm -hmm. maybe two, I don't know, coming back for your birthday. That's what I know right now, <laughs> but I'm excited. And I think that I've been really inspired to just get out in the world and explore and to, um, you know, obviously work on this new business that we have, this new business opportunities. Um, and we had this huge launch in August. It was supposed to be end of June, so I was, I was thinking I'd go to London and kind of just work lightly from there, mm -hmm. and now it's gonna be the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> it'll be heavy, it'll be fun, but mm -hmm. um, there'll be lots of work, but I'm really excited about it. But I, I found this quote from Marcus Aurelius that says, think of yourself as dead. You have lived your life, now take what's left and live it properly. And I w was thinking about this quote as I'm turning 35 and obviously one year closer to, to death. <laughs> <laughs> and thinking of all the morbid things and all of the hopeful things, but really just going, how do I strip away, how do I strip away the things in my life that keep me afraid, that keep my mind trapped in whatever prison that I put it in? Mm. And we have a lot of these conversations mm -hmm. behind the scenes, but when you know the opportunity to go to London came up, it was really this question of, well, can I leave my house? Mm -hmm. Can I leave my car? Can I leave my family? Mm -hmm. Can I leave the people that I love? Can I leave the community that I love? Can I leave the workouts that I love mm -hmm. and the familiarity to go and be uncomfortable and to do something that maybe doesn't necessarily make me afraid, but makes me unsettled yeah. at times going, oh, wow, I was in my bed last night and yeah. I was like, wow, I'm going to miss this. It's destabilizing because you're giving up the things that bring stability to your life. How important is it is it for us to get out of our comfort zones? Well, what did I tell you when you asked me if you should go? You'd always just say, go, do it, get <laughs> but, out of here. In fact, I, I even said, I, you have to. You have to, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I, and I, I mean, the pod's still gonna happen. Mm -hmm. This launch is still happening. Ghost Artifacts is still happening. All of these things that we're doing mm -hmm. are still going through, but it really has brought these questions to mind. Yeah. So I wanna kind of get into it, is that yeah. okay? Yeah, absolutely. So the first thing I had written down was, we live so much of our lives afraid, fearful of what we could lose if we risk it all. Mm -hmm. afraid of what others would think of us and terrified of the unknown. Mm. So my first question is this, how does fear take so much control over our mind? And can we reprogram our mind to be free of fear? Well, you don't start with small questions. <laughs> <laughs> no, first of all, how does fear take over so much of our mind? That's the first question. 
Mm. And the reason, um, I think it's actually a very spiritual um, reason. Human beings are designed to live by faith. Hmm. We're designed, and and the, and if you're if you don't believe in God, an easy way of understanding faith is that there is a process between the known to the unknown, and that is the creative act. And so the future is unknown, tomorrow is unknown, every good thing that could happen in your life exists in the unknown, hmm. and so what ends up happening so oftentimes is that when we don't have faith, and another way of translating that is courage, then we actually begin to live by fear, which makes our world smaller, smaller, smaller. So you're designed to live by faith. So if you don't live by faith, it actually translates into fear because fear is simply the negative expression of faith. Hmm. See, faith is a, a positive conviction about the future. Hmm. And fear is a negative conviction about the future. And so you, you only live by fear because you've actually believed a negative narrative. Things are going to go bad. You know, I'm going to die. I'm going to fail. I'm going to be humiliated. I'm going to be embarrassed. And in fact, I think I saw recently that the number one fear that people have is um, humiliation. People often say it's public speaking, but it's only because that's the environment where a lot of people feel <laughs> they will be humiliated. And, uh, and what's humiliation? Humili you know, the, the fear of hum humiliation means that you're projecting a negative outcome. Mm. And so when you're living by fear, what, you're, what you actually are discovering is that all the fuel that's supposed to be driving faith is being used to drive fear. Mm. So you have a negative belief in the future and in yourself, and in God, and in the world around you. And so when you're afraid, you actually think everything is against you. If you, you know, the language of, um, you know, the, the universe being in your favor. When you are afraid, you think even the universe is against you. You think luck's against you. You think God's against you. You think people are against you. And so fear is this um, internal paranoia that everything is working against you in life. Right. You ever felt that? Yeah, of course, yeah. of course. There's, I felt it yesterday. Yeah. And so <laughs> fear is the paralysis that says that no one is for you. Right. That life isn't for you, the future isn't for you. And when you have faith, you have this maybe um, delusional belief that it's gonna be okay. You're gonna break through. Good things are gonna happen. And God is for you. The universe is for you. Mm -hmm. People are for you. You are for you. <laughs> and, uh, you know, when you, even the language of uh, having faith in yourself. Yeah. When you're living by fear, you don't even have faith in yourself. When you're living by fear, you don't even believe that, that you will do the right thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that you will respond courageously, that you will have resilience, that you will be determined. Right. And, and so, you know, because we're designed to live in this spiritual reality. Because remember, we're not physical beings living a spiritual life. We are spiritual beings living a material life. And we, you know, we are at our essence spiritual. So we're gonna have an expression of faith and it's either gonna be faith or it's gonna be fear and you get to choose it. How important Maybe people are listening. Mm -hmm. I feel like I, I have these moments in my, in my life where I wonder, I call it the universe when I'm unsure if it's for me. 
Okay, I do believe God's for me, but there right. are moments in my life where I'm not quite sure, mm. right? And not that he's adversely working towards my failure or my destruction, but that maybe he's just not super aware of what's going on right now, mm -hmm. right? And it takes a lot of faith to, to believe the opposite. But how important is faith in that journey? And how do you find it if, because, you know, I've, the last couple of books I've read, I just read Rick Rubin's A Creative Place, which is mm -hmm. phenomenal. Mm. Um, it's very ethereal. I finally have found someone more ethereal than you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> it makes you seem like the most practical human in the world. Well, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> and then Phil Stutz uh, and Michael Berry, mm -hmm. what is it, uh, Tools. Mm -hmm. And they both talk about, in different ways, um, Stutz's book is very literal and very practical and very mm -hmm. story-based. Rick Rubens is very thought-based and non-linear. More philosophical? More philosophical, but really just almost like an open letter to the universe, mm. to people about his experiences with the universe or and with music and with energy. That's interesting. Um, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. But Rick talks a bit about, um, Stutz talks about a higher power and mm -hmm. the value of understanding that there is a higher power and how mad his atheist parents would be that mm -hmm. he believes that there is a higher power, even though he doesn't necessarily name it or mm -hmm. specify. With Rick Rubin, it talks about kind of this higher energy. Mm -hmm. There's this energy that connects us all, that the universe is connected to us. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> at, at, at times it feels like that universal pool, or maybe that God pool, or whatever it is that is existing around us, mm -hmm. you know, and we're gonna get slammed, I'm sure, for being new agey. We got some of that love in the, in the YouTube comments. I'm, but if they read the Bible, it's the most new agey book in the, in the world. <laughs> But how important, and I think I found, it, I found it interesting that two separate authors that believe whatever they do believe um, acknowledge that there's a force around us and beyond us, mm -hmm. much more powerful, much greater than us. Yeah. How important it is? How important is that for us to identify? Well, I don't think it's important. I think it's essential. Okay. So. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I'm saying it's not you only ask the question. It, no, it's so important. <laughs> yeah. Let me say it differently. It's so important that it's essential. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not disagreeing with you. What I'm saying is that, that it's so important. It's essential that if someone goes, oh, spirituality is important or God's important or faith is important or belief's important. I'm going, no, it's not important. It's essential. Hmm. Like if, if you want to live your life in an optimal level, you're going to have to have, you're going to have to find some source of faith, some source of, of belief, of conviction. And ironically, if you don't believe in God, it, it might actually come from a more delusional source. Like, your own narcissistic belief that you're enough <laughs> you know no but i don't is that narcissism or is it ownership no no i, I ownership's really important because i do think that part of it where it's seen as narcissism it's part of it is going we as people who believe what we believe we often offload our problems and mistakes to god mm -hmm. right yeah. god didn't will it or god didn't want mm -hmm. it or it was in god's you know plan or it's mm -hmm. written or it's not written right these very black and white statements mm -hmm. that are oftentimes very murky but when you say i don't necessarily know what i believe and i just believe mm -hmm. in myself yep. i have to own my mistakes mm -hmm. and change them no well ironically they're not always compatible like How a, lot, so? a lot of times a person has great belief in themselves but doesn't take responsibility for their consequences or failures or okay. shortcomings because they live in a self-delusion. So if they fail, it's someone else's fault. Mm. If there's a weakness, it's because of someone else. Mm. I'm awesome. You messed up. And 
And, and it's interesting because uh, there are a lot of people talking about how there are three characteristics of highly successful people. And one of them is basically that the nar they're narcissists. They believe that they're worthy of everything, that they deserve more than everyone else. And the second one is that they're insecure. <laughs> <laughs> and so they're always living in fear that they're not enough. And so you have this interesting tension of those two things. And so yeah, how does that exist? How can that duality exist? That one, you have to believe that you believe that you are fully deserving of this. Mm -hmm. And then you are and it's seconded by a voice saying you're not ready. You're not ready. You're not worthy. Yeah. You're not worth it. You see, I would say from a personal my personal journey is I never believed I was worthy of it. <laughs> OK, so that was always a struggle for me. Like I had to actually believe that um, I could be more, my life could be more. That, and, and whenever I began to have success, I could see myself becoming self-destructive, going, I don't deserve this success. Like I, I already felt guilty for it. And so the moment anyone would put on Instagram, or McManus, you're too successful, or you have too much of this, or you know what? I just, I would just crumble, going, "You're right, you're right. I don't deserve it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't deserve clothes. I yeah. shouldn't even have a car. I should just be on a scooter. Yeah. I, you know. And then, and if yeah. you come at me again, I go, I shouldn't deserve a scooter. I should just <laughs> be walking. You know. And, oh, and if you came at me, I go, I don't even deserve shoes. It would be easy to convince me I don't deserve anything. Hmm. And it's taken so much for me to. Um, allow God to build in me an identity that said uh, God created me to do really significant things, to do meaningful things, and that um, and it's a crazy thing that God actually enjoys when I win, when I succeed. He doesn't keep me from failing, and uh, but but it's it's but He also doesn't um, resent me for for succeeding, and I and I think it's interesting tension of both. So can you reprogram your mind? Absolutely. How I know. Do you, how do you do it? I know you can because I've had to reprogram my own mind. Okay. Can you walk us through maybe an example of a moment in which you've had to reprogram your mind? Yeah. I, I grew up with so much negative input okay. telling me I didn't matter, that I didn't have any talent, I didn't really have any worth or uniqueness. And that was in me deep. I mean, mm -hmm. really, really deep. And so all those negative voices shaped me and convinced me that I was nothing and that I would never become anything, that I would never accomplish anything. And I made choices that validated that view. Mm. I became proof of my own fears. And then, and I can only share basically the way it happened to me is when I came into a life-changing relationship with Jesus, my thinking dramatically changed. And first of all, it's like the fact that the creator of the universe actually saw me meant I have incredible value <laughs> and uh and that and and you know there's this particular verse that says that um the power that raised jesus from the dead dwells in me so i read that and I went how much power do i need <laughs> i mean if the power that raised jesus from the dead lives in me then i have all the power i need to live my life to its fullest capacity and so i just decided to believe that and i i I mean, early on, within weeks of coming to faith, I read where Jesus says in John, um, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he shall do, and even greater works than these, because I go to my Father in heaven. And so I read that and I went, Jesus saying that the power, the works that he did, he expects me to do and even more. Hmm. And so I just began absorbing these principles and these truths. The Bible saved me. You know, Jesus saved me. And, but... 
the principles in the Bible saved me from becoming a person. They saved your thinking. Say that, yeah, the thought too small. Yeah. And that's why I do love the scriptures. And uh, it's because the principles in the Bible expanded my mind. They transformed the way I thought. And I think that's, in this life, that's more significant than, quote, knowing you're going to heaven. And I think the great mistake a lot of people of faith make is that they believe in God, they believe in Jesus, they give their lives to Jesus, and then they never let God change their thinking. So they live just like they did before. And they think Jesus is inadequate. He doesn't change you through magic. He changes you through self-mastery. He changes you by transforming your inner world and teaching you how to think properly and how to live a life that fulfills his calling and um, in okay. you. So here's the question. Yeah. How do you redo it? How do you reprogram your mind? You stop listening to yourself and you start talking to yourself. Okay. You stop listening to all the negative input that you have in your brain. You start telling yourself the person you're going to be, the choices you're going to make, the life you're going to live. I do find that most people that I meet mm -hmm. who are directionless, mm-hmm listen to too many voices. Yep. That there's too much input. Mm. And I'm always a little skeptical when someone's like, oh, I listen to this guy and this guy and this guy and this guy. Yeah. And this guy and this guy. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, well, if you listen to all these guys, you listen to no one. Mm -hmm. Right? Because I, at some point, too many voices dilutes your actual your ability to make a decision. Yeah. Um, or even just process who you might be. Given, I love to dabble. I love to to, to listen to mm -hmm. like a Simon Sinek podcast or Steve Bartlett podcast. And I think it's different when it's informational or scientific or health related. Mm -hmm. You know, it can be, yeah. you know, but I, I'm always, if even if you're, you know, you're going to a trainer, mm -hmm. you have to listen to the trainer. You can't show up to the trainer and go, well, I heard from this other guy that if we do it this way, then it's actually <laughs> going to be better. The trainer will fire you, Yeah, you know? And, and so I do find it odd when people uh, dilute their mind with so many voices. And yes. I was listening to something that talked about, it was a young Muslim um, influencer who was talking about, and I, I think he was a business guy who basically was talking about how he doesn't listen to music with words because in Islam it talks about um, music with words is haram, that it's, it's, that it's, it's, it's not good for you. That anything, that, that anything that's haram deviates you from the path that mm. leads you towards God. That, that music with words can actually influence your mind in a subconscious way. Mm -hmm. and. There's truth to that, but I do mm -hmm. think there's just more of an interesting point to it. Yeah. That what it's trying to do is going strip yourself of all the things that you're listening to, strip mm -hmm. yourself of all the things that are influencing you, that all the things that you're inputting inside of your mind and, and, and is going into your soul and to your body. And, and and it's the, you know, what you intake is what you output ultimately. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, what came to my mind was act on what you know the moment you know it. What do you mean by that? Because I'm, I'm responding to what you just said. I think it's really important when you said people listen to too many voices. The reason you listen to a lot of voices is to avoid action. It's just like with counseling. When a person goes to one person for counsel, then a second, then a third, you know what they actually want is someone just to agree with them. They yeah. don't want to have a change behavior. Right. If you want to ask me how it changed my thinking, I acted on what I knew the moment I knew it. And that action reprogrammed my brain. Because your brain isn't reprogrammed by learning. Your brain is reprogrammed by doing. Hmm. And so if you know this and know this and know this, the only thing that will change your mind is the thing that you actually act on. Hmm. And so if you 
No, you know, just whatever. If you know that you do better when you wake up at 5.30 rather than 8.30, it's not going to change you until you start getting up at 5.30. <laughs> and, uh, you know, if you know that what will change your life is that you need to actually begin to learn. And so if you start reading 30 minutes a day, that action will begin to change your life. Mm-hmm. It's, it's acting on what you know. And I can, I can look back and, and I did, I, I acted, I did a lot of things that later I went, oh, that was probably like maybe not the right thing or the smartest thing to do. But I never made a mistake from inaction. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I made mistakes from action. Mm-hmm. And I would much rather make mistakes from action than inaction. Okay. Tell me about that. Yeah. Um, because it's just like going, going, you know, to Europe tomorrow. Yeah. You could think about it forever. You, in fact, you have thought about going overseas forever. the day that forever. I committed. <laughs> You've been thinking about it for years. Oh, yes. The idea of going. Yes. For, for years, years. For years, for years and years. And until there comes a certain point where even your friends, when you talk about it, they won't, they won't even take it seriously. Because if you... I don't think that's true. You think that's true? I'm not. I wasn't you if, you went, if you called any of my friends, they would go, oh, he's not, he was never going to do it. No, I'm not. I wasn't using you specifically. I was saying that. You look like he was looking at me. It looked like you were looking at me. I'm just saying, okay, different example. No, 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 no. If you feel that way, say, I want to talk about it. I think it's good. You feel that way. No, it's okay. And that's, and, but like, say it, say it to me, say it to me. What I'm saying to you. <laughs> Look at me in the eyes when you say it. Is that when you get on that plane tomorrow. Yeah. It'll be a mind shift for you. Yeah. Because you've wanted to do this for a long, long time, but you've always found a reason not to do it. Right. And I think I always found, um, I always found honorable reasons not to do it. Absolutely. That's what's so tricky about life. Yeah, we will, we will, we will. <laughs> be cowards in the name of honor. We have good reasons. We have good reasons to not do great things. Good reasons to not do great things. You know, I was watching, it sounds really (laughs) silly, but I was watching 1923 Mm -hmm. and there's two characters, Spencer and Alex, who are in Africa. Mm -hmm. And he hunts lions. And I talked about this a little bit in the podcast, but there was Mm -hmm. something about it that I'm not sure what happened, but it kind of resonated with me of, oh, there's, lions left in the world to hunt yeah there's places yet to be explored and Mm -hmm. stories to be told and then it felt like this was the season of my life to go okay i need to go open some doors Mm -hmm. and uncover some things and see the world Mm -hmm. and just give myself that and also i don't want to leave because there's things here i love yeah you know and and it's it's that it's that in between of and our friendship is one of them your friendship is absolutely one of them. The first thing I started doing when I said I'm going to London, I was like, "But when are you coming?" <laughs> yeah. yeah, but but it's even let's put it in a different category. Like if you have a friend who is always going to lose weight, but always needs to. No, they're always no. They're not that they always need to. They're always going to. Okay. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna lose weight. I'm gonna lose weight. But three four years go by, when they say that, you 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 don't even take it seriously. Yeah. Right. You know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get in the gym. <laughs> you know, and, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. or how many? The reason gyms can have so many members and be so small is they know most of their members will never show up. And yeah, they bank on you not showing. That's up. right. They bank. They, they, they. Their money's dependent on your lack of commitment. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, and what, what I'm saying is that, that it's only the action that changes your mind. Mm. 
once you so we just got back you know we've been gone for a couple of weeks and uh, i had to do four planes over the weekend and so the first thing this morning i got up and the first thing i did was i'm heading to to my gym mm. and i went and i went and worked out this morning and i didn't even know how much energy i was going to have i didn't know whether it was going to go well or not or anything like that yeah. but i knew that the only way i can convince my brain that i am a person who actually has a commitment to his health is by choosing the action. And I, you know how many people I know that are gonna write a book someday? Oh my gosh, I'm surrounded by so many authors who've never written a word. And, uh, and uh, Me being one of them. And, uh, you know, and uh, if the example falls anywhere near <laughs> you, then just embrace it. But, <laughs> but I, I have so many people that I know, and I know that they, will, they would be better writers than me. The reason I'm a better writer than them is just one simple thing. I write. <laughs> and, uh, and I am better than so many people because of one thing. I do it, and they don't. Mm. And uh, and if they would just do it, they'd be better than me tomorrow. But the doing it is their Achilles heel. And I, some of the smartest people I know are the least effective people I've ever seen. Mm. They are so smart. They know exactly how to fix everything and they fix nothing. Mm. So if you want to know how to change your mind, change your actions. Mm. And you're... And if you're, and this is the point. If your friends don't believe you when you say you're going to do something, guess who doesn't really believe you? Your brain. <laughs> your brain knows you're lying to it. It's not worried you're not going to get up. <laughs> your brain's not worried you're not going to go to the gym. Your brain's not worried you're not going to write that book. Your brain is the last one you'll convince. <laughs> because if you've taken on a pattern that settles for less, your brain knows that unless you change your actions, you'll never do more. Right. It talks about, think, it says, think of yourself as dead. You have lived your life. Now take what's left and live it properly. And this is an underlying theme in our relationship and in our, in our life and the mm -hmm. books that you write and the way that you speak. You, you, we call it a, a genre of, of heroic, heroic uh, living a heroic life. Yeah. And, and how to live a heroic life and, and how to not settle Right. We talk about maybe a theme in our life about um, saving nothing for the way back. Yeah, our, our, our life narrative is definitely a narrative of heroism. Right. Like, live your life for others. Yeah. Take great risks. Be willing to sacrifice. Yeah, have big courage. Yeah. I just know when I was 24, 25 years old, and I was asked, I, you know, to, to do something in a very um, tumultuous area. It's a really dangerous area in the city. And... I was pretty scared to get out of a car because it had it, the area was the highest crime rate, highest murder rate area in the United States. And I remember stopping on the side of the road and I prayed and I said, God, how am I supposed to do something if I'm too afraid to get out of the car? <laughs> and my heart was pounding against my chest. It was a Friday night. It was a really, really intense evening. And I heard so clearly that night um, this verse from the Bible, uh, to live is Christ, to die is gain. And that's not the verse I wanted. I wanted a, you know, a more encouraging. Things through crisis, change. Yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a bunch. I wanted a really positive verses. verse, but yeah. that's. And I, and in that moment, I felt like what God was saying to me is, Irwin, if you'll die right now, I will take you where only dead men can go. And 
I made a decision at in that moment at the age of 24 that I was dead and that I was now living on borrowed time. And I was able to do things over the next decade that looked insane, that people thought I was fearless. Um, and really it wasn't, I was fearless. I had just already died. Mm. And so now I was living an entirely new reality. And I can say when I watched 1923, I know that I've lived the life that Spencer lived. Mm. And when I was watching that show, I actually looked at the character and I thought, that's Aaron. Oh, very kind. No, I, just, I, I knew, I said, that's Aaron. He just doesn't always know that's him. Hmm. And, and I actually think that your Alex is waiting for you in that adventure. It's interesting. Because if you, It, it, you, you, for you, I don't think you can find the romance that's going to actually be the right one for you without the level of intensity that you live your life at. You need to hunt lions. That's mm. who you are. Mm. And you need someone who wants to hunt lions with you. Hmm. <laughs> well, this isn't about me. So we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna wrap this thing up. Wrap this thing up. But I, I do find this. I find this. That I, I think... There's always seasons of our life where you can get very comfortable mm -hmm. and you can make the choice to stay comfortable yeah. or to take risks. Absolutely. And I, and I, and I think I've, I think we've gotten really comfortable mm -hmm. and I needed to go out and take some risks and go and explore the world. That's so exciting. It. It's so exciting. But also more than that, I think being able to take this, I was sitting in a coffee shop. I was sitting outside of a coffee shop. I, I went and met up with two of my friends on Saturday morning and we were sitting out side of this spot i'm not going to name it because i don't want to blow the spot up because i still like going to this spot <laughs> and and this really uh great young man just reaches over across and we're sitting out front and he just mm -hmm. goes man he had a really interesting accent he was he looked like he's from la but he was irish and he goes man i really love the podcast mm. and i was like oh that's awesome like at first i was just like oh maybe it's something random or just needs the chair that i sat in and he just began to talk about battle ready and mind shift and it was one of those really unique moments uh where I, I feel like i'm grateful i've had a lot of those moments in life where people have come up to me and just said hey thank you so much but it felt like la was saying thank you and goodbye for a few a little bit of a, a season <laughs> and it just and i felt a lot of love and it was one of those moments where you go you don't know who's listening mm -hmm. you know you don't know yeah. who's out there on the other side of this mm -hmm. and so if you are listening I'm, I think we're grateful. I know we're grateful. I'm, I, I think it's, it's a special thing to have this, this communication mm. um, and release these things out into the world. No, I, I, I agree 100%. And man, if I hope anyone takes something from today's conversation, it's that fear will steal from you life. And if you want to live fully alive, you have to use fear to your advantage. Mm. You have, when you're afraid, lean into it. Go in that direction. Refuse to allow fear to establish an illusion of limitation in your life. Um, if I just say this on Saturday, I ended up at a bachelor party and I ended up doing coaching for about seven, eight hours. Yeah, it's not a bachelor party. That's just like a mini conference. <laughs> yeah, it was really my my mastermind for free. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, 
And one of the guys said, you know, I'm at, I'm at my company and I've got the ceiling. And you know, he kept talking about the ceiling and you know, there's this wall at work. And, you know, should he try to break through the wall or should he just go do something else? And, and I looked at him, I said, do you want the life that's on the other side of that wall? Like stop and imagine just for a moment what your life would look like if you succeed and you get to the other side of that wall. Do you want that life? And he stops and he goes, no. And I said, you are the wall. It, that wall is an illusion. The only reason you haven't broken it is that you're the wall. You don't want to go there. Mm. And it was funny. He goes, whoa. Poof. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'll take a point. I am the wall. Yeah. And here's the thing. When you choose to live in fear, okay. you are the wall. Mm. You'll blame other people that your life is too small. Mm. You'll blame other people that you never became everything you wanted to become. You'll blame other people you never had the experiences that you really wanted to have. But there's only one person building the wall, and that's you. So use fear to your advantage. Move toward that fear. Do not allow it to limit you. Destroy the wall, because it's been built from the inside out, and begin to live. And just maybe addressing this second half of this statement when it says take what's left and live it properly mm. what do you think he meant by that take the, what's left of your life and live it with honor and nobility what marcus Aurelius is not saying is stop living in fear and go enjoy your life you know go party and you know and mm -hmm. and uh, go sip lemonade on the beach what he is saying is live a life of courage and honor and nobility which is the same thing i would say Hmm. Uh, oh, you waste your life if you do not live your most honorable life, if you do not live your most courageous life, if you do not live your most noble life. And I think that's when you live that life, you know you've never wasted a day. Hmm. I love it. You've given me an, a second page of notes uh, <laughs> and quotes and things that I've. And you've been said. giving me a lot of things to think about too. <laughs> Well, I really appreciate it. The next time we do this episode, I will be in London and we will be doing it over um, the internet. So uh, it's, you never know. I'm a stalker. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you do. I hope you do come. And I hope I hope I get to meet people in London and, and maybe we can maybe when you do come over, we can do some kind of meet up and connect with people. Um, and one maybe, of the challenges I'm giving you is meet what? someone new every day, every have a day. meal with someone new. I don't know if that's going to happen, but Come I on. do. But I do know that I'm I'm excited. Or someone to, different every day. Could be someone you know. Yeah, I I I, I don't know if that's going to happen, but I do think I'm going to start writing. Be <laughs> someone who writes versus someone who doesn't write, and I and I really think that going over there is more of just something that will be good for the rest of everything that we do, mm -hmm. and give me a new fresh outlook on things. Um, so I'm really excited. I'm grateful, Austin, the team, Saul, you. And I'll miss you. I'll miss you too. And I'll see you next week on this podcast. I'll, just, right. be in, I'll just be tired and up late and you'll be uh, just waking up. All right, cheerio. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you guys for listening. All right. Have a great week.